0: You're listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org.
1: As we continue to talk about going home this morning, and we talk about themes like forgiveness and grace, Uh, The scripture passage that we're about to hear may feel familiar to many of us. And uh, I'm excited to introduce our scripture reader this morning, which is my dad, recorded at my childhood home outside. And uh, it seems fitting for this day when we're talking about home and talking about grace. So hear these words from the Gospel of Luke.
0: Then Jesus said, There was a man who had two sons the younger of them said to his father father give me the share of this property that will belong to me so the father divided his property between the sons a few days later the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country and there he squandered his property in dissolute living when he had spent everything a severe famine took place throughout that country and he began to be in need So he went and hired himself out to the citizens of that country who sent him to his field to feed pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods those pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger? I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, I have sinned against heaven and before you i am no longer worthy to be called your son treat me like one of your hired hands so he set off and went to his father but while he was still far off his father saw him and was filled with compassion he ran put his arm around him and kissed him then the son said father i have sinned against heaven and before you i am no longer worthy to be called your son But the father said to his servants, Quickly, quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him, put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet, and get the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate, for this son of mine was dead and is alive again, he was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. The word of God for the people of God.
1: please join me in an attitude of prayer. Holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. When I was in high school, I was part of a youth drama troupe that was organized by my church. And we performed a lot of short skits based on scripture stories and based on spiritual questions that people had. And one of the skits that we performed regularly was based on the story of the prodigal son. And uh, it was a comedy. It might not seem initially like this scripture could be framed as a comedy, but just to give you a sense, the character that I was responsible for voicing in this skit was that of the fatted cow. And I had the opening line of the whole skit, and my first line to open the story of the prodigal son was, I'm not bitter. I want you to understand that. In the play version, the older son is the captain of the football team and a member of the National Honor Society and the younger son has this mullet and he refuses to get a haircut. And then from there, things escalate until suddenly he's traveling to an island somewhere and he's at a casino and he's wasting all his money. And uh, throughout the story, the fatted calf pops up and offers commentary saying, can you believe that son? What was that father thinking? Well, what kind of logic is that? And uh, we all know how the story ends. The fatted calf does not make it long into this parable. But I'm not bitter. I want you to understand that. It's kind of a fun way to tell this story. And more than any other religion, one of the things central to the Christian faith is this idea of forgiveness, of change, transformation, having a second chance. Again and again, Jesus preaches forgiveness and grace. When Peter asks him, how many times should we forgive someone? Jesus says, well, it's not seven times like you're suggesting. In fact, it's 70 times, seven times. Another incredibly memorable moment in scripture about forgiveness is when Jesus is hanging on the cross and he's about to die. And he says, Forgive them, Father, for they don't know what they're doing. That's always struck me because Jesus is about to leave his human life behind. He's suffering. He's in pain. He's got nothing left to lose, and he chooses to extend forgiveness to these people who have crucified him. And yet, when we come to it, this is the core of the Christian faith, forgiveness and grace. There's perhaps no message more at the core of Jesus' teachings than these. So let's look at this parable that Jesus tells about the lost son. The younger of the two sons demands his inheritance. It's a bit of an awkward and a strange move. It's not a common occurrence. In fact, uh, typically an inheritance is inherited when somebody has died. So for the son to say, I want it now, is almost as if to say, you're dead to me, father, a sentiment that is amplified when he leaves home and strikes off for a distant land. He has the money and immediately he sets about wasting the money, squandering his wealth, as the scripture says. And he ends up broke in the midst of a natural disaster, an unexpected famine, and he has to turn to feeding pigs in order to sustain himself, which would have been a very unclean kind of job for a Jewish person to take on. This was really a rock bottom moment for the younger son to end up feeding pigs. And he has this epiphany where he decides, he comes to his senses, he comes to himself. The scripture says, and uh, he decides, I'm going to go back to my family. He realizes I've really messed this thing up, and he comes up with this speech that he's going to give to his dad. You know, I've sinned before heaven and before you. I'm not even worthy to be called your son, and it goes on from there. He's ready with with his speech, but before he can even reach home, his dad sees him, and he's filled with love and he runs out to him and he embraces him. He gives him this big hug and he puts his arms around him. And at this point in the story, I always imagine that the son might still be kind of grimy and gross from feeding the pigs because where was he gonna shower? He didn't have any money to stay anywhere or to uh, connections to be taken in and get cleaned. So he's probably kind of gross. And the father gives him this big bear hug in my mind. And then the father asks his servants for a robe and a ring and sandals to put on his feet, and the fatted calf gets killed. A party is about to be thrown for this son. And what the father says about it is this, my son who was dead is now alive. He was lost, but he's now found. Some scholars have described the stories of the lost in Luke, meaning the lost coin, the lost sheep, the lost son, as the center of Luke's gospel. And these same scholars have described this story of the prodigal son as the paragon of parables, the perfect example of a story conveying Jesus' message. I love imagining God as the, sto- as the father in this story, waiting full of compassion and hope for a son who might never return home. That's how God is with us, waiting patiently for us to come to ourselves as today's translation put it or come to our senses as the common english bible puts it waiting for us to return to the place where we are safe and loved home growing up may not have felt safe or loving for some of us i was lucky enough to have a very wonderful home but i know not everybody does And so thinking about that childhood version of home, for some of us conjures a familiar, helpful image, and for others, it's not. For others, we have to create what we want our home to look like. We have to create that safe and loving environment. The awesome thing about Christianity is we find these qualities in God we find that sense of security, that sense of being wanted, of being accepted, of being loved, being forgiven, no matter what. And there's no wrong time to return home to God. It's never too late to say, I wanna make things right, I wanna have this spiritual connection, I wanna get to know Jesus. This story reminds us how quick God is to forgive, and to offer grace, and to stretch out his arms, ready for a hug, even if we're grimy and still kind of shabby around the edges. One of the weird things about this story, though, uh, is it's not how any of us would probably act if we were in the father's shoes. Now, I can't claim that for all of you. Some of you are good and gracious souls, but think about it from this perspective. If any of us knew someone personally with a child who had just wasted half the family fortune, and the dad or the mom greeted them back, without waiting for explanations, by breaking the bank, throwing a party, we would probably say that's a little bit naive. That's a little bit irresponsible. The father in the story lost half of his savings and now he's depleting his reserves even more to celebrate the one who caused the deficit in the first place and not putting any conditions on the son's return. So from a practical standpoint, we might pause and ask, Is the father in the story acting responsibly with what little money he has left? This is basically his inheritance at this point because they didn't have 401ks back then. Also, we didn't hear the portion of the scripture with the older son's response to his younger brother returning. But if we'd kept reading in Luke, we would have learned that he's pretty ticked off about things because he's thinking his father should have put some conditions on his, his other son returning home he should at least make sure the apology is genuine before he welcomes him back, right? And if we imagine the older son's best intentions, he probably wants to keep his dad from getting hurt again. The amazing thing is that God's forgiveness for us doesn't follow rational guidelines. And God's forgiveness for us doesn't make logical sense. And although we can look at the story and say, oh gosh, if that was me, I don't know if that's the way I would do it, it's a wonderful thing to receive when we're the ones walking on that long road home. Forgiveness from God is an outpouring of undeserved love. Forgiveness from God is being welcomed home even when we have burned all of the bridges on the way out. Forgiveness from God is being met in the pigsty. It's God helping us to come to our senses and seeing that something's got to change here. Canadian pop star Justin Bieber, known for such hits as Sorry and Yummy and Love Yourself, happens to have a strong personal faith. And he had a very public problem with drugs and alcohol in that awkward transition from being like a cute kid pop star into being... An adult musician. So here's how Bieber talks about God. He says, Jesus wasn't this religious elite guy. He was in the dirt, and he found me in my dirt, and he pulled me up. I love that image when it comes to the prodigal son. I don't think I'd ever considered quoting Bieber in a sermon, but man, it matched up pretty perfectly. He found me in my dirt, and he pulled me up. John Wesley would call that grace. And that's what Jesus does again and again throughout Scripture. He finds people where they are and brings them along, invites them to think about things in a new way, welcomes them home to a different kind of reality. And sometimes God's grace, coming home, coming to our senses, means that we're recognizing the places where we are loved and valued may look different from the places where we currently sit. Sometimes grace... Coming home means believing that we're worth more than the pits that we've fallen into. We're worth more than the dirt that we have been surrounded by. And you can take that metaphor in any direction that you want to. We've all got dirt. We've all got dirt in our lives. There's this song by Anthony Brown, and it's called Worth. I want to read some of the lyrics to you. He sings about God. You thought I was worth saving. So... You came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping, so you cleaned me up inside. You thought I was to die for, so you sacrificed your life, so I could be free, so I could be whole. That's grace. We may have been in a pigsty, but God is ready to prepare a feast for us. God's ready and waiting for us to come to our senses and say, I get it now, I wanna make a change. I'm ready to receive that embrace from God. Robert Frost famously wrote, home is where when you go there, they have to take you in. Well, God does so much more than having to take us in. God is waiting, watching down the road, poised, ready for each one who is lost to approach. God's ready to give that embrace to say, you're loved here. You're accepted here. You're forgiven here. So the question for us today is, are we ready? Are we ready to go home? Are we ready to be embraced? Are we ready for God to tell us that all is forgiven? I don't know what that might mean for you this morning, but I pray that in this moment we are ready to look homeward, to look towards God's forgiveness ready to receive God's grace. May it be so for us today and in the days ahead. Amen.
0: You've been listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org.